The Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. As always, we want to say thank you for listening to The Abstract Athlete Podcast. Thanks to our sponsors and thanks to our amazing listeners for your support. Remember, questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. A reminder, we have two other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. You can follow us on social media under The Abstract Doctors or check us out at theabstractdoctors.com. Also, One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast. You can follow us at onemansethos.com or on on social media under One Man's Ethos. You can also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandrich or on Twitter at Tony underscore Mandrich. And you can check out his photographs at TonyMandrich.com. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com for information on subscription boxes and on upcoming events and workshops. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms under The Abstract Athlete. Super excited about the podcast today as I get to speak with artist and current hammer thrower, shot putter, and discus thrower at Tennessee State University, Hope Dyson. We're going to chat about her amazing paintings and her incredible ways she inspires other students around her. Also going to talk about her incredible rise to being a top-ranked hammer thrower and her very real childhood where she was born into war-torn Sierra Leone and adopted at two years old. And we're going to talk about her studies at Tennessee State University and how she plans on changing the world. Make sure to follow her on Instagram at diva underscore got underscore no underscore purse. Let's welcome Hope Dyson. Awesome to meet you. <laughs> I've <laughs> heard you. I've heard a lot about you. Um, so we're recording, by the way. So yes. Um, but I, like I've heard a lot about you. I'm like super interested in your story, um, and lots. Of, I mean, lots of aspects. I think you might know like where we fit in in terms of like trying to like really show the benefits of athleticism and and creativity, which you are fully in both. <laughs> um, and so like, I'm excited really just to hear, you know, like hear about your story. This is kind of, you know, like it's just an open conversation. It's, this is like your platform to kind of go, this is me ta-da. So, um, but you know, like I, there's lots of things I want to definitely talk about, um, in regards to you. Um, first of all, you're, are you a freshman still? Or are you a sophomore? Yes, okay. So you're Tennessee state. state and you're a hammer thrower. Which hammer, shot put, discus. So you're all you throw everything. (laughs) So I definitely want to know how you got into that, Um, and then I definitely want to talk about how you got into creativity because your paintings, which I saw through your coach, um, are just amazing. And you know, like I want to know, like, are you taking art classes in school, or you just no? Okay. So I always I always find that what's that. I just do it. Yeah. So 
No, I think it's it's awesome. I like I you, you don't have to go to school for it. It's it's um, plus the fact well, I think I was a student athlete and and I know the time that it takes to be a student athlete. Um, obviously, right now it's a little different. I, I assume you probably have not taken classes in class yet. So, which um, is, for art, no, I haven't. No, I, I mean just in general it. at Tennessee State. I oh mean, yeah, I not mean, in class because of Corona. Right. You see, so you've been all Zoom. Yeah, all Zoom. Yeah. Um, but also like you were born in Sierra Leone. Yes, and, I was. And you. You and your, you have a twin sister. Is she an athlete as well? No. No? Okay. She's not. Is she an artist? <laughs> no, she's not. Okay. Um, but you were both adopted when you were two, two and a half, somewhere in there, yes. right? Um, and so you grew up in, in Tennessee. Um, and so, like, I, you know, like, even some of the background of, you know, like, your life, like, because you're, you're, you're 18, 19, or 20, you're in that range, correct? I'm 19. 19, okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, just like maybe just like a little background, then we can start talking about like your athletic prowess. Because from what I understand, you're a hell of an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was born in Sierra Leone, West Africa, and there was a war in Sierra Leone, the Diamond War, happening. Yep. And I was born in a refugee camp during that war, as the end of the war, and my birth mothers couldn't take care of me and my sister because of the struggles of the war so she gave us up when we were three months old and my adopted parents found out about us and waited two years to adopt us because of the war they weren't allowed to adopt us yet and we were orphans in the orphanage and I was 21 pounds at two and a half and my sister was 17 pounds wow and so we were starving children in Sierra Leone and so my parents adopted us and took us to doctor's office and everything. And so we learned to get used to the environment. So, yeah. And I found out my birth mother was still alive a couple of years ago after 11 years of our adoption. And we have eight siblings in Africa. Wow. And, and she's still there and she looks like me, more like me. And so our oldest bro, we have an older brother and the rest are younger than us. Have and you so been able to I, be in contact with any of them? Yeah, we've Skyped them before. And also that um, we, I'm a twin and I, my mother was with different men, but she had twins, another set of twins. So I'm a twin and we have twin younger siblings. Wow, that's crazy. So, Do you know, like, I mean, is there any athletes in your family or artists in your family? No. My my adopted family? Um or, anybody like yeah. any my adopted family, my oldest brother is an artist and okay. my adopted mom's an artist and my brothers did football and stuff. So, but they didn't do any like individual sports. Right. No, I I it's I, again like it's just fascinating. I mean, it's it's got to be I mean, it's got to be kind of intense for you to like think about how you got here. I mean, really, tr like to your adopted family and and what it took for them to get you, but also to like still have contact with with your birth mom and to find out that you have other siblings. I mean, that's got to be like really cool. Yeah. And weird. And so they're I mean, all the way in another continent. Yeah. So. 
Is there, is that something you think you want to go back to at some point in time? Yeah. And so it goes back to what I'm studying in college. And so I'm studying speech and language, cultural anthropology and modern sign language. So I can work with kids who are disabled in other countries. So the cultural anthropology is the study of cultures. And so going to other countries and studying disabled people internationally. And I found out that my home country's one of the top countries in Africa with the most disabled people. Due to the war, kids and people are physically disabled, mentally disabled in other ways. And then also with that is that a certain percentage of families, 40% of families give up their child at birth because they are disabled due to not the mother's decision, but the family's decision. And the fact that some of them actually murder the child because they believe it's a sin Jeez. to have a child who's disabled. So wow, yeah, that's in my home country. And I want to start an organization for families and refugee camps and people like how in America they have schools just for disabled people. Why don't they have a school for disabled people in Sierra Leone or even a little job company for people who don't have a leg who can learn how to like serve food and be able to help people in other in that country, even though they are disabled, doesn't make them any better or less than anybody else. Cause they're in the streets begging because they don't, they find it bad to be disabled right. and kids who are mentally disabled learning to sign and stuff like that. And also with that is even here in America, people throw away their wheelchairs if they don't need it anymore. Maybe donating every year, donating a group of wheelchairs to Sierra Leone for the people who are paralyzed or disabled to walk, learning how to, how they're able to still move without right. their legs. So that's what I'm wanting to do. That's awesome. I mean, that's again, like, you know, the way that you're giving back. I mean, in, lot, in lots of, you know, again, lots of ways, just, you know, getting information about who you are, like I can see how you're you're a very inspiring person. Um, yeah. I mean, it's true. Like you know, um, but then like to like understand what you're doing in school and what your goals are beyond your graduation. I mean, that takes it to another level. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, because that's you know, you didn't have any any choice in the matter when you were born, and you yeah, know, I but, couldn't control that. <laughs> right, and but you have that ability to to give back and to help out and hopefully change people's lives. Yes. You know, and I think that that's like, I don't know, like really, you know, a beautiful aspect. <laughs> I mean, it is like, it's, it's, I mean, that's, that's, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's really deep. So how, so, I, so you got here, like when you're two and two and a half, like you said, 17 years ago, 17 years ago, So December 12th was my gotcha day. 17 oh. <laughs> years of my adoption. So you grew up in Tennessee. Um, mm-hmm. How let's, let's start with, with the athletic side. How did you get into throwing? Like, was that something that I good? Yeah. I was in the eighth grade. I went to go see a doctor and her daughter was a thrower and they did a measurement on stuff on me. And they said that I had majority of my body is muscle, which muscle weighs more than fat due to the mass of it. And for how strong I am, she's like, you have more muscle than 
what normal teens would have. <laughs> and she recommended me to become a thrower. And your, she your doctor did. <laughs> yeah. She was like, cause her daughter was a sports athlete in throwing. She's like, I recommend you to throw because you have a body of muscle and you need to use it in good ways. And so she recommended me start throwing and Fran Hogestrat, I met her and she started coaching me and throwing. And so I was like, let's become a thrower. <laughs> and so over the years, in my freshman year, I was seventh in the state for throwing. And then um, I went to the AAU in national track and field and I placed 33rd in 2018 in the AAU, in the nationwide over people under the age of 18. And then um, I went to indoor weight in the hammer because they said indoor weight in the hammer because of my height difference. Discus throwers are like six foot something with long arms. And they said, because of my height difference, but because I have bigger legs right. and muscle in the legs, they said, you should be a hammer thrower because of the muscle in my legs, I had more control over the hammer. So I started hammer throwing and I talked to the Olympian Lisa Misapeka and she's been helping me because we're about the same height. She's 5'5 five five and I'm 5'4 and she's giving me tips. I got a textbook for the hammer throw and I watch YouTube videos and look at pictures and I go sometimes when I'm bored, I go in the field and just throw for hours and hours just because <laughs> it's like getting better at it right now and so my dream so if I had a goal I want to be like Deanna Price the Olympian in the throwing but if I had a dream I want to be like Serena Williams as a thrower how she inspired other black women for tennis but starting a fashion line doing all that stuff me I want to inspire other people in throwing and say hey I'm from another country and I grew up in America and I could start a fashion line. I can inspire people about my home country. I can do all that and like be seen as the inspirational thrower who worked hard from the hard place in her life to become like Serena Williams, an athlete that inspires other young women that no matter where you come from, no matter how different you are, you still can be the Serena Williams and what you do. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Man, I, if I wish I had all my shit together when I was 19, like you do, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like I, I think you really have, have a, a voice, which I think is, is incredible. Is it something like to spawn up? Like, I mean, Olympics, is that like a goal? That would be awesome if yeah. I made it to the Olympics and like be able to say like, Hey, I came from a refugee to I'm an Olympian and that would be awesome for the hammer. And also with that is be able to not represent all just represent America, but also represent my home country saying, yep. Hey, I'm throwing for America, but I'm not from America. I'm from my home country and my right. home country looking at that's a Sierra Leonean. Yep. right there in the Olympics and she's going to inspire even inspire other people in Sierra Leone saying if this girl can do it and go to America and represent America maybe I could do something and represent Sierra Leone right and so inspiring other people so the it, the hammer throw is is really your main thing even though you you do yes. the shot put and the discus and how yes. I mean like I know a little bit I've actually had students in my classes that are 
hammer throwers and shot putters but like how how different because all of them have different mechanics to them mm-hmm. correct like yes so that idea of having three very distinct athletic moves like how like at some point in time you're probably going to end up just being a hammer thrower correct that, yeah that... i just have to do all the events at tsu right 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 except for javelin yeah <laughs> what you don't want to throw the javelin <laughs> not even slightly so mm-hmm. how 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 did you get into art? It, it, like, you know, like, were you always a kid? Like I can give my story of like, even though I was like an athlete growing up, you know, like I was always the kid that sat at the kitchen table and painted and drew and stuff. Was that something that you were always doing? Um, so my elementary, um, I started in kindergarten. I remember doing a painting of the green guy in Hercules and I, <laughs> drew it and gave it to the bus driver and I didn't crayon and all that stuff and she hung it in the bus and some kid ripped it up. I remember that. But then I was like, I want to keep doing it. I want to get better and better. Sometimes it's therapeutic. So just sitting there for hours and some people are like, how do you do that for so long? I was like, I just put on a movie and not focus on what I'm painting. I focus on the movie and distract me and then from the stress of, okay, I gotta get this done, I gotta do this. No, I'm focusing on the comedy of the movie and just painting along as I'm watching the movie or listening to music and just start painting and singing to myself and do it for hours and hours and hours. Like the Kobe one took me about 42 hours to paint. And I did his beard and everything with toothpicks. So you go up to the painting and feel his face and that texture and I chose Kobe and I'm working on one of Michael Jordan yep. because of Tennessee State University, it's an HBCU college. Yep. And so learning how to inspire other kids without an HBCU college and representing who represents black people really well. And especially after his passing, I wanted to show the prideful look in Kobe Bryant in that image. And so the black background represents the black mamba and what he represented. And then his head looking up is like, his position is saying, it is finished. My work here is done. And so that prideful look of, I did what I did, and now my work here is done. And the black and gray and all that stuff represents black people and white people and how he represented all sorts of people in the culture and how he is the Kobe Bryant. And that's what I wanted to do. And like, even on campus, so many kids were cooped up in their dorms because of Corona. And so many kids were like texting each other instead of getting out there with their mask and doing something. And so I was like, I asked permission. I was like, I want to do an art show in the courtyard. I was like, I have nothing else. There's nothing else. And people are so cooped up all the time. I'm like, I need to do something. So I asked permission if I could do an art show in the courtyard and I waited for their response. And I set up a tarp on the table, tarp on the ground, tarp on the seats. And I set up a chair, set up an easel and got my oil paints and set up Kobe Bryant and just painted for five hours and put on headphones so I can ignore everybody. So I'm not focused on what people are saying or the compliments I'm focusing on my painting. And there have been kids coming out in groups, looking at me, tapping on my shoulder because I wasn't paying attention. Like, can I take a picture? And kids were texting their friends to come down here 
and they were like all coming out in groups hanging there for like 10 minutes talking about it people were walking them back and forth from food cafeteria coming out to come see me snapchatting it sending it out to everybody and their friends and it inspired so many kids to come outside i even had a couple of kids saying next art show you do i want to come do it with you and i said you gotta ask permission that's and awesome so they wanted to some girl actually bought herself a canvas said next art show you do i want to do it with you in another table because you you're inspiring me to get out there and want to do an art but show that's like that th that's one of the things that we actually talk about with the abstract athlete is you know, one of the reasons, I mean, my business partners and I were former high level athletes and, you know, it's like, you're not supposed to do both things. You're not supposed to be an athlete and you're not supposed to be an artist, but when you have both of those together, like, you know, we work with multiple like retired professional football players and, you know, like mm -hmm. these are six foot six, 300 pound guys that you wouldn't think about them being artists, but when you yeah. see that, it like you just said, it like it gives people permission to make yeah. art. And like that's what you just did. Like when somebody sees you doing something and then literally goes and buys a canvas, yeah, and because they're a inspired, they're intrigued, they're like they they're given permission because you opened that door. That is yeah. you cannot recreate that. I mean you can recreate it, but like you like that is power. Like that is just beautiful. Yeah. And so I did another one in Michael Jordan. I was asked, kids kept asking me, when are you doing it again? So I started a painting of Michael Jordan. I spent 43 hours on, I'm not even done. <laughs> and I did another one and kids were going crazy because they recognized there's another painting getting done of someone else who's inspirational. And of HBCU college, it's the Michael Jordan. And so I started painting Michael Jordan in the courtyard for six hours and kids were going crazy and filming me and everything. And I like, there's the girl again. So now when I walk around campus, it's like I'm a secret spy because nobody knows <laughs> it was me. Nobody knows this is the girl who did the paintings until I say something. Right. I was like, when I was talking to some people who were strangers and stuff, I was like, do you know who I am? And they're like, no. And I said, you know how a girl did Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan in the courtyard? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, that was me. <laughs> that was you and everything. Cause nobody knows it was me. Cause I wasn't focusing on the attention on me. Right. I was focusing on more of painting, a painting yeah. and let people socialize. And so it's like, I'm a secret spy. Like nobody knows I was the girl until I say something about it. <laughs> and then people are like, I saw it on social media. That was you. And I was like, yep, that was me. I was the girl who did that. And they were all going crazy. And then they're like, when is the next painting you're going to do? And so next semester, they're asking me, who else are you going to paint and inspire? I'm like, Kobe Bryant is a big deal. And so doing that matte background and for the background and oil painting of Kobe and kids are going crazy because he's an inspirational to an HBCU college. Yep. And so what else could inspire people with like Michael Jordan? And now kids weren't focusing on it was me because then if it was, they were focusing on me, it'd look like I just wanted attention. I, I think one of the one of the things with with Kobe that was so sad was, you know, as amazing of a basketball player as he was, I just I think he was going to do just as incredible, maybe even more incredible things off the court. Like I think you know because his daughter um, is such a good basketball player, like I really think that he was going to bring more people to women's sports. 
And mm-hmm. I think his loss in that regard is just sad. Um, yeah. But I, I think the same way, of, you know, like I, I had a conversation on a podcast with, I can't remember, it might've been a, a former basketball player. I can't remember who it was um, about LeBron James. And, and it's the same kind of thing as like, LeBron James, to me, I'm an Ohio guy, so I think LeBron James is the GOAT, but that's just a personal opinion. <laughs> um, but I think he does, the stuff that he does off the court is going, he's going to be remembered more for what he does off the court than he does on. And yeah. which is extraordinary because he's unbelievable on the court. Yeah. One thing is, is on the court, it is just a performance. Off yep. the court, it's showing you who, who you he really is. are. Yep. And so how you're just on the court is just saying, okay, I'm LeBron James. This is who I am. But off the court is showing this is who I truly am as a person. And this is what I do for my, not for myself, but for others. And so uh, just representing who he truly is. And so that's why my next painting I'm going to do is Chadwick Boseman. He inspired people as the black Panther and inspired people as the first black Marvel character and his death was unexpected. And so I was like, I want to do a genuine black and white painting of Chadwick Boseman in the courtyard and let people see that's the man who inspired other black people from Marvel. That's the man who inspired people for Africa. And also I'm from Africa. And so him representing African culture in the way of a Marvel character. And I'm like, I should do Chadwick Boseman. So I have like five photos that I have on my phone of trying to decide which one makes it look like, like I did with Kobe prideful. Right. Like it is finished. My work here is done. Right. <laughs> so that's what I want to do for Chadwick Boseman. And so just inspiring other kids. That's the fun part of inspiring them is I'm just doing, doing me and right. look where it, just me doing what I do is a painting. I just do paintings, but look where it led to. Yeah, but it's not just paintings. Like you're, you're, like you said, it's the inspiration. It's giving the permission thing, but you're also choosing people that are powerful, that are there for change, that inspire change, that inspire others. Like, so it's very, very specific in terms of who you are choosing to paint. And that, I you know, like all those things come together in in the artistic realm of like how like your subject matters and what you're trying to project, and and again, like I think it goes back to that because you've used the word and I've used the word a couple of times, like that inspiration and and giving people that understanding of of who these people are beyond the court. And, and that, you know, like, or beyond the, 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 uh, the stage and, and stuff. And I, I think that that, you know, like that's, uh, there's, I mean, I'm kind of lost for words, but it's, it's, it's something that I think we need more of in the world, especially now that we're, you know, like we've been locked up for a year and stuff, but we need like inspirational, powerful, uplifting stories, moments, opportunities to get people back into a positive realm. Um, that's why I think yeah. it's like, so it's like, so 
you know, when, when I got, you know, that email from, from your coach and from uh, Andrew Marinus, I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like immediately gravitated towards your story. Cause, um, cause again, like, you know, I, from what I understand, like you're an incredible thrower. So having that athletic prowess is tough, like, because mm-hmm. like, you know, but then to show the ability you do as an artist, that's also tough, but then to have them together. Um, and I, you know, like from what I can see is like how you do inspire people. Like, do you, do you feel any relationship between the two? Like, you know, you did mention, which I think was really interesting. Like you like to sit down and paint for like five hours or you like to go out and throw the hammer for like four or five hours. Is that, do you like notice like relationships between being an artist and an athlete in terms of like your mental health and, you know, not yeah. that you have, you know, but like that idea of like just disappearing for six hours and just throwing and, or just painting yeah. for six hours. Throwing is very therapeutic for me because especially in high school. Yeah. So I went to a um, high school, fine arts high school with 184 students. And I was the only black female in the entire high school for two years. Wow. And I dealt with a lot of comments and immaturity and racial comments and everything. And my school had no sports. So it was a non-extracurricular activity school. And when kids were mean to me and no one wanted to go out and eat lunch with me, I would go in the field and throw. When kids were just ignoring me and because of my art and just thought they were better than everyone else because they baked or they smoked, or they thought they were so cool on social media, and they didn't focus on socializing with people like me, I went out in the field and through. And I had an art show in downtown Franklin, the Art Crawl, in Franklin, Tennessee, and all my principal and all my teachers came and supported me. And people were walking down the windows and everything because I was painting Brad Paisley, because it's Tennessee, so I got to do country <laughs> artists. So I did Willie Nelson, Brad Paisley, Tim McGraw, Elvis, and all those people. And I had them all hung up, and I bought sold four paintings. And even the Christian rapper Toby Mac came to my art show, and I had a picture because he's a family friend. And he came and wanted to, like, see what I did and all my art and people were coming by looking at the window videotaping me. It was so funny. And I just kept painting and all that stuff. And my principal came, but also not a single student came. And so it was one of those things of, I don't care. Like no. y'all can be who you want to be, but I'm making a difference. And so since my school had zero sports, I went to state for the indoor weight, high school state, for the indoor weight throw. Not a single showed up, single student showed up, but my principal brought his own kids to show awesome. them what athletics look like because the kids go into a public school and they want to know what throwing and they want to know about running and all that stuff because they've never been to a track. And so those kids, he brought his own kids to come watch me. And then after that, a girl beat me by three inches. Top six go on the podium. And I was seventh and a girl beat me by three inches. I'm getting on the podium and getting a medal. And that was hard, but yet I didn't focus on that. I focused on, I'm the first athlete in the entire high school ever. And that school was created in 1998 and they've never had an athlete. And so because of my athletics, 
it helped me therapeutically when kids were mean to me at lunch and I was eating lunch by myself. I asked permission from my principal. He sometimes let me carry my disc or my hammer in his office. And I went out there and I just threw for about an hour with headphones on and then came back in, went to my next class. Then also with that is at graduation, being the I almost didn't go to graduation because of the kids being mean to me and because of Corona, I was like, I've already seen you guys once. Like, I'm not motivated to see you guys again, but I just was like, I accomplished something. And Coach Cheese even told me, you accomplished something. So you got to represent what you accomplished. And so I went and I actually represented my culture by wearing an African dress to my graduation. And with that is where the graduation was going, not a single student said, hey, how are you? What's been going on with you? No one was like, oh my gosh, that's hope. No one really cared. And when graduation's going, they said, they were like, okay, we like to honor the kids who took honor classes. We'd like to honor the kids who took fine arts classes. You'd like to honor the kids who did music classes. And then they said, we'd like to honor Hope Dyson. And I stood and they said, Hope Dyson is the first athlete at Renaissance ever to be continuing into a college for a sport. And they, people were clapping like crazy because it was like, I represented myself in a hard time, but also was the first in that ever high school. And I was the only black female in the entire high school for two years. And look, what I've inspired is there can be athletes at a non-athletic school. There can be people out there who do what they do without any anybody. They didn't care. The students didn't care, but the teacher cared. And the fact that I didn't care what the students said, I focused on okay, what can I do to get better at it? And what can I do to make an inspiration? So I inspired not even just students at the school, I inspired maybe in the future another student wants to come who's an athlete. You might've inspired the adults who are the ones yeah. that need to be inspired because that trickles down to the kids. Like, cause it just sounds like you just went to school with a bunch of ignorant people, unfortunately. Yeah, I did. And this also is, my principal has been so kind to me and so nice and helping me. And when I got upset, he'd come talk to me, let me sit in his office that I surprised him. And I said, if you, if I did a painting of whoever you wanted, who inspires you? He said, Willie Nelson. And so <laughs> I did a portrait of Willie Nelson on a giant canvas, did his beard and strokes the pen. And I did his hair and strokes of pen and I got his hat and my, Principal loves the quote, think different. And it was one of the famous quotes of Apple. And so he represent, represents him and through the school. And I did the background of Willie Nelson, rusty wood, white color. So the first layer of the background was, it was black. And then I did a, a fading white. So it kind of looks like rusty wood. And then I painted Willie Nelson on top. And I surprised him. He loved it so much. He got it nailed in the wall of his office. He ordered a guy to come in and screw it on the paintings and screw it on the wall. So it's hanging in his office That's on awesome. the wall. And he said, when I retire, I'm taking this and hanging it at my house. And I did a painting of Baby Yoda. And one of the teacher's husband, it was his birthday. And my mom and I wrapped it up in paper and put a bow and everything on it. And she sent me, she emailed me a video of her husband opening it. And one of his favorite characters on the Mandalorian was Baby Yoda. And so she bought my painting and surprised her husband. 
and awesome. I saw the video of him opening the painting of Baby Yoda. <laughs> and like even Toby Mac's son passed away like a year ago. And I it was like one of those hard things. And so I did an oil painting of their son. And like his face was fading. So it talked about how he's in heaven, but yet his spirit's still here on earth. The white background talk about the white coat you get when you're in heaven. Shiloh was the band he was in and I gave Shiloh thickness texture so you could like feel it out of his spirit of how hard he worked but also if if you looked in the picture it looks like birds flying away from his face because of the shaping and it represented the bible verse a spirit of a dove rested on him and the lord said this is my son and I am well pleased and so it looked like he was birds were flying into heaven as he was leaving and I wrapped it up in sat with Toby Mac's wife and I said I got a present for you we all sat in the living room and she opened it and she saw it was a painting of her son and she was tearing up and everything she's like I can't believe you actually did this because it took me about five days to paint it and they loved it so much they hung it in their house and so he has Toby Mac has one of my paintings and and I did that for a gift and it like made hit them not just like a physical like hit it hit them emotionally knowing that I didn't do this for myself I did it to inspire yep. and help them in a trouble of need and even at my church there was a girl with down syndrome and she's 18 and she was so sweet and I was like because I worked with the special needs kids at my church every Sunday and because I knew sign language the fan, the kids some kids with speech impairment somebody the staff were just like you know basic signs so you could help us a lot and there was a girl with Down syndrome who's 18. I met her at a special needs event through the church. And I was like, you're so sweet. I love your outfit. She's like, thank you. And I said, like, how old are you? That's another thing with people with special needs. People treat kids with special needs like they're down here, like they're stupid or something. And no, I had a basic normal conversation with this girl, like no different like I would have with any other stranger. No, it was a real genuine basic conversation. And as we kept talking and everything, and I got her mother's number. I was like, I want to do something special for this girl because she's so special and she seemed genuine. And so I did a painting of her, her mother. I asked permission. Her mother sent me a couple photos and I did a painting of her, put it in a glass frame, an actual glass frame and wrapped it up. Her favorite color is pink. So I wrapped it up in pink wrapping paper, white polka dots and a white bow with pink cupcakes on it. And I brought it to church. And when the church service was over, I came down and brought a gift. And even the staff from the special needs program wanted to come down and see her reaction. Right. And I brought right. it down and then their mother was like, okay, the mother hasn't seen it, but she was like, okay, I want you to hope to open it with her to do that. And so we opened it together and she saw it was her and she went crazy and was smiling. <laughs> And she jumped up and down and she was like, that's me and everything. And so I have a photo of us holding it together and that this is the girl and there's the painting and they looked so similar and the girl had a huge smile on her face. And I didn't do that for money. I didn't do that for anything. I did it because that was a sweet girl and I want to show her how sweet she is and represent that no matter how different you are, you're just like everybody else. And so we all bleed red and we all do the same thing. We're all human. We're all going to die. So why be treat people differently when they're just different in different ways? Like you're different than me. I'm different than you. Our colors of our skin are different. 
but we both bleed red and we're all going to die at some point in our lives. So why treat you better than me? Or why treat you less than me? So why treat this girl with Down syndrome like she's stupid or something just because she's different? She's mentally different, so she just needs support in different ways, but doesn't mean she's better or less than me. And so I wanted to treat her like she was special because I, I didn't see her as like some Down syndrome stupid person. No, I saw her as this is a young girl who's in high school. What school do you go to? I love your outfit. What do you like to do for fun? And all that stuff. And I did a painting of her because that was the kind thing to do. Wanted to take a quick break. Reminder to make sure to follow Hope on Instagram at diva underscore got underscore no underscore purse. Also a reminder, listen to our other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. You can follow us at theabstractdoctors.com and on social media under The Abstract Doctors. And One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast, which you can follow on social media at One Man's Ethos. You can check us out at onemansethos.com. You can also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandridge or on Twitter at Tony underscore Mandridge. And you can check out his incredible photographs at Tony Mandridge. Now back to hope. You're extraordinarily grounded, like for a 19 year old. I mean, really, truly, like it, like how did, what do you attribute that to? I mean, I'm being serious. Like, you know, like you're very, like you're, you're, you just, you seem to have it together. Like, and I don't mean that in a weird way, like at nineteen, like I'm saying, like at nineteen, I was all over the place. But you, like you, like you do things for good, um, which I think that's a generational thing. I think your generation actually, I, 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 I feel like that you guys really truly have different, a good vision of what we're trying, what you're, what what we should be as humans, yeah. you know. Um, but you do, like you, you seem very like. Like, what do you attribute that to? Like, was that was that your upbringing? Was that like your background and understanding of where you came from? Like, is it like it's just I you? Just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I'm different in different ways. I have mental disability, and so just because I'm different doesn't mean like why would I treat someone else who's different? Meaning, other countries. I'm different so I can relate to the child who's different in different right. ways. So I know what they feel like and I know what their situation is. So I could relate to that child. And even I love traveling. So I'm 19. I've been to nine countries. Yep. I love to travel. And when I was 16, instead of getting a car, I asked my parents, may I go to Africa with my cousin? She was going to visit family and I just, the whole drama high school and everything was driving me crazy. And I genuinely asked my parents, could I go to Africa with my cousin? And they said, it's your car money. If you go, you have to pay for your whole car. It's your car money. And when I die, what's going to matter more? I got a car at 16 experience or I went to Africa without my parents at 16 and I got to do that. So I've been to Sierra Leone, Senegal, the U S Haiti, Germany, France, because the plane left us in Germany and the plane left us in France. And we were there for hours and hours and hours, like eight hours. And I got to walk around, go to everywhere. It's beautiful there. As an artist, I I lived there for four months. It's just. That's awesome. It's, 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 it's stunning. Like just to to walk around is. is... Mm -hmm. And also I've been to Cancun, Mexico. 
and the Dominican Republic and Nigeria. And so I've been to nine countries and I'm raising money so I can go to Scotland because that's been my dream for the last four years because I want to see real castles that you hear stories about. (laughs) I want to go to hike the highlands. I want to go to the cafes and everything. And I want to step in a castle and be like the torn down ones of like, okay, just imagine what this was like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And then the ones that are built back up and go tour inside of them and be like, this is a real castle in front of me. And so just the inspiration of this is Scotland. And I love going outside and everything. I'm like, this is the Scotland and experience. <laughs> this that. is the one I see in the movies. Yep. Yeah. And so go and, and experience that. And so I'm raising money so I could go to Scotland. And so just doing paintings and stuff. I'm not just focusing on myself and going to Scotland. I'm just like, okay, my artwork will change somebody else's point of view. My artwork will change somebody else in general. Like the Kobe paintings on a 36 by 45 inch canvas. So it's huge. Yep. Oh, I've and seen so the picture the way, of you. So, uh, yeah. Fran, Fran had sent the picture of, I, I don't know if you sent it, but um, it must've been when you were doing painting? it. Outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a girl took that yep. photo. Yep. And so that, it's a huge painting, but it has so much meaning behind it. And so I don't care if I don't get money for it. I'd prefer because I want to go to Scotland, but also <laughs> right. it has meaning of that, that prideful, it, right. it's finished look like my work here is done. You, you've and kind so. of mentioned, you know, some people and, and this doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be an athlete. It doesn't have to be an artist. Um, but who, like, who inspires you? Like, I mean, I think f- for me, like just from talking to you briefly, like I can, I can hear different spaces, or different people that would inspire you. Um, and so maybe, maybe it is a question where I, you know, like who's, who's an athlete in, that inspired, maybe it's a former coach, maybe it's Fran and who's, who's a, an artist that inspires you. And it doesn't have to be a visual artist. It could be a musician. Um, and then, you know, like maybe somebody just externally out of both of those things that inspires you. I don't have an artist who inspires me. No. I don't have a musician who inspires me. An athlete, like I said, Serena Williams, because yep. she represents Black women. But other than that, <clears throat> everyone works hard. Yep. Everyone is different. So I shouldn't try to be like somebody else. I should try to be myself. And yep. so why? Why try to be exactly like that person when I Well, I don't be- think it has to be that. Like, do you, do you look at other artists that you... L- even just that you like admire maybe is a better word. No, no. <laughs> You're like, nah, I just do myself. Just yeah. years of practice. Yeah. Oh, I, hey, I, I'm way older than you. My practice is way old. <laughs> so what, you know, like what would be like, again, like a goal for you would be the Olympics and you have, you know, your, your, your schooling that you want to go back and really, help out your country in different ways but what are like some other goals that you have or maybe like where do you see yourself in 10 years in 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 you know is it is it being back in Sierra Leone you know like really facilitating go ahead I have no idea yeah like even this past summer I was just like I babysat some kids and they've never been to church before. They didn't even know what the Bible was. And so I played them little kid Bible stories on YouTube and they started going to church with us for the first time. (laughs) And also like, 
I spent time with a 13 year old girl who doesn't have a big sister and her family was, it just was messed up or what was she was going through. And I treated her like she was my little sister. And we, I did her makeup in a photo shoot. Uh, we'd go on walks together, we'd cook together, we'd watch movies. I treated her like she was my little sister. And other kids, like I'm now taking care of a boy who is severe autism and speech impairment. I put it on the neighborhood app, not neighborhood, Bellevue app, saying I've experienced with special needs kids through my church. I'm studying to work with special needs kids. I know sign language. So if any family needs a child, somebody just spend time with their child, just let me know. And a lady contacted me saying that she has a grandson with severe autism and he needs somebody to spend time with. And so a couple times a week, I just hang out with the child while the grandmother needs like a nap or something or to get stuff done. And like even having the patience with the kids because the child, he didn't get his way what he wanted and he threw a rock and it hit me in the head and things like that were, I just have to have patience and know this is a child who's just different. And so when he got upset and when he did that, what did I do? Cause I'm muscular. I picked him up and put him in his room <laughs> Said you will not hit me in the head. And then times when he wanted to cuddle, we watched a movie and he sat on my lap and wanted me to just scratch his arm and just cuddle with me and had his pillow and played on his iPad and things like that where I had the patience. And then another mother, grandmother contacted me saying she has a grandson who has emotional problems and also a lot of autism and mental problems. And she asked me, would I like to spend time with her grandson so she can get stuff done? Right. And I said, yeah, sure. And so I get paid to hang out with him too. And so I have two kids I hang out with. And now I have a neighbor, a little girl who's seven years old. And ever since this coronavirus, she's been very lonely at the house because she lives with her grandparents. And so she wants me to spend time with her and she comes over and we're going to make pies and head to the park and go on rides and just do stuff. And then I said, at nighttime, we'll watch a movie. And we watched a lot of Disney movies and I didn't do anything. I'm not getting paid. I just like, here's a little girl who just needs somebody to spend time with. And I have nieces and nephews. So I'm like, Hey, do you want to just hang out with me for the day? So you don't have to be cooped up in the house. And she just got so happy. And so I was like, okay. And so she wants me to spend time with her today and we're just going to hang out and make pies or do something. And it's so sound, she's in, not, in a yeah. lot of ways, it feels like you're, you're a teacher, you know, Cream. I mean, a it, role it, model. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess that's one of those things. Like, do you ever see yourself because you're like, you're at a young age, you're like a very accomplished thrower. Do you ever see yourself going into coaching or do you ever see yourself going into teaching like as an artist or i mean i know that's not what you're technically studying be, but i even did it over the summer i took some young kids and taught them the basics of the javelin over the summer so i coach fran has a ton of javelins and i took the kids stacked them in the field and i said okay we're gonna practice with the balls and then the, if the kids want to get so serious with the javelin then they contact fran hogestrat if they want to get like serious, serious, but I teach them the basic of what is the job? What do they, how do you throw and the positions and everything? And kids love it that much. Okay. Talk to Fran Hogestrat. Here's her number, her card. Why don't you get like actual coaching, coaching, like competing coaching. 
and learn the javelin. So that's what I did a couple of times over the summer. So things like that. How, are you, and obviously for you, your first year in college has been different yeah. because of COVID. Yeah. Um, are you guys, is your season going to happen this spring? Or do you even know? I yet? have no idea. You don't even know yet? Okay. I, I've had a couple medical problems, so I've I have to go see a doctor and stuff. So I haven't been able to like do stuff with that, right? Because of, I have epilepsy seizures, right? And so until further notice, they want me to see a doctor about them because it's just been going crazy. And because of liability issues, they they are responsible for me. So if I have one on the track, they are responsible. Right. So they did until further notice. They recommend me to go see a doctor and get stuff done. And so until I got a doctor's note or an explanation or till they stop, I'm not allowed to like participate due to liability issues. And so I'm focusing on school and I practice on my own too. Yep. Like coach Fran will sometimes practice with me and she'll just give me some advice until so I can come back right. and show them what I've been working on. Even though, even though I haven't been able to join, do the t- work with the team, doesn't mean I'm going to not stop working. I'm going to just keep doing what I do here. You don't seem like you're not (laughs) self-motivated. I just do what I want to do until I get better. So I could come back and show them, okay, I was gone, but look what I did. Yep. So no, that's awesome. I I really do think like you're incredibly, incredibly inspiring. I think not just for, for young black women, not just for young women, but for everybody, like, I think your motivation, um, again, I think your, your vision and how you attack things, uh, is, is just really inspiring. Like I, I, I'm motivated right now to go out and throw the hammer and I don't know what the hell I'm doing, (laughs) but I mean, and just, I think the way that you're, you, like you, you, I love the fact that you just you'll just set up a canvas outside and just start painting and and it allows people to enter your world in some small way. Um, yeah. And, and I think, again, like to motivate other people and again, like it's to me, it's always about that permission thing, because I think a lot of people get scared about the idea of, of being creative, even though we're all creative beings, like all of us are, like you said, everybody bleeds the same color and everybody's going to die. We're all creative beings. It just depends on what, what you want to do creatively, but people don't do it and they should like, just like people should exercise physically. People should exercise this and creative creativity. Such a great way to do that. And I think that you're, people rely on media. Yep. Well, I think people rely on social media on their opinions of, Okay, what do the social media? I gotta post every second. I gotta let the social media know what I'm doing 24 seven. And with me, again, nobody knew it was me until I said something. Nobody knows I'm the girl who did it until I say something. And so that's the thing of. Yeah, I don't think you even need to do that. It's probably kind of fun, but I think really, truly, it's like you know what you're doing, and 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 I think that 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 alone is so powerful. It's yeah, you know. Um, was there anything like else that you like have that like I feel like we covered a lot. Like I, I, you know, again, you know, like you've you came from a a 
I don't want to say a rough start, but you came from a place that was war torn and to be where mm-hmm. you are, like, again, is, I, I, you know, I just commend you on all, a, all of your hard work and future hard work. Cause I know you'll do it but just from talking to you. Like you're, you're an incredibly motivated person, which is awesome. But I like, I'm, <clears throat> I'll be like really interested to see like where the art goes in the next couple years and and just really a, a, how I think you're going to affect people um, in the next few years. <laughs> yeah, I not to put pressure on you, but I I don't think you, it is pressure on. I think I just like like you said. I think you just do what you do, and people just gravitate towards that. Yeah, I even said to the little girl, I was like, "Okay, let's not do this. Let's not coop up in the house. Let's go do something fun." Yep. And so they've never done some of the stuff these kids have never done before. And I get to be the first one to do it, like going to Radnor Lake and doing that stuff. And just the, even the basic stuff I did when I was a kid, like the boys are outside playing and going scooter and everything. And I was like, kid, the girls are relying on social media. I was like, I remember when I was a kid, we used to do scooters down the hill who could go fast down the scooter. We'd go to the pond and got to play with the swan and the ducks and we go in the woods and try to do something and hide and seek and that's what I did when I was a kid and how now when the kids young girls are just relying on what boy likes me what did this and all this stuff and me when I was a kid I had all these guy friends and we try to yeah race each other on the scooter we try to do all this stuff and be like okay, let's have some fun without thinking about romance. Like even (laughs) I went five and a half years without having a crush because I was like, I need to focus on myself and don't rely. And especially in high school, it's like I looked up about 5% of relationships in high school last until marriage and 2% of that don't end up in divorce. And so, and girls are always relying on their relationship or what boy likes me. And it's always lovey dovey, huggy and everything. (laughs) But then a second later, they're not together and the girl's going right to the next guy. Right. And I went five and a half years without having a crush. And because I wasn't focused on boys, I was able to do what I did travel, do stuff, art, and everything because I was not focused on what boy likes me. I was focused on speaking okay, of, speaking of travel. Just the the fun question is what what's the favorite favorite place you've ever been? I don't have one. You Each don't? place is different. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Totally. Cancun, Mexico. In Cancun, Mexico, I got to swim with a dolphin. That's and cool. the Dominican Republic, I had got to play with monkeys. Monkeys were crawling all over me, playing with my hair. And does that ever does that Mexico, does, do any of the places you go ever inspire any of your work? In some ways, I mean, because you you do no. portraits, so it probably doesn't. But I was just curious. Oh no! And in um, Cancun, they had a pool and a bar inside the pool, and so they had sweet seats underwater, and you swim up, and then there's a bar in the pool with steps where the guy <laughs> would start doing that. And in Nigeria, I got to go to church in Nigeria, and they have a rule where women have to wrap their hair. It's like a modest thing, and so you could wear head wraps like this. You could do different stuff. But women can show their hair, but they can't show all their hair because it's a modesty thing that you're not focusing on who you are. You're representing God and everything. <laughs> That's funny. And then um, also in Nigeria, I got a dress made for $4 in Nigeria, an actual African dress. Oh, and 
I also got to go walk the streets in Nigeria, hang with some little boys. I even got to go see orphan kids in Nigeria for fun. And they all called me Auntie Hope. I brought some bags of candy and I gave each kid a one and they, the boys were bowing to me like, thank you. And the girls were curtsying like, thank you. And it was the sweetest thing. And I got to carry babies on my back. I got to carry a baby on my back and had one in my arms. And, and there's a video of them saying, Auntie Hope, you are welcome. And these grouped orphan kids were screaming, Auntie Hope, you are welcome. And then I got to go to a high school orphanage with girls my own age when I was 16. And there's a photo of all the 16 and 17 year old girls with me. And I got to take a picture of the sign high school orphanage. And the lady of the charge of the orphanage was with me and she drove me there. And every room I entered, the girls were in school and every room I entered, they stood up. And I was like, y'all don't have to stand. And they're like, oh no, it's a manners thing that you got to honor the person coming into the room and I was like they don't do that in America they like kids could care less who comes in the room yeah. and um and then there was an orphan girl they spoke English and she knew American Sign Language because her mom died and her mom was deaf and so the girl studying English knew bits of American Sign Language so the lady in charge of the orphanage wanted to see us two talk to each other in sign language and I have a video of it where she was like, we we just talking to each other and the lady filmed it and the lady started tearing up about how me, another continent, a girl here from one continent being able to talk to each other without even like knowing each other. And that was making the lady tear up and the lady was like, I've never seen anything like this before because the girl spoke English and the girls in the orphanage all spoke English. And I was like, these are girls my own age who don't have families and my own age who just don't anywhere have nowhere to go and so me being friends with a girl who just me being friends with all these young girls who are just my own age and kids in america are like i hate school i hate this school is boring girls relying on boys liking me i don't like doing this and people suck and being bullies to other people when look i just saw some girls who don't even have a home and don't even, who wish they were in your shoes, who wish they went to a public school, who wish they got all that stuff. And they don't, they don't have it. They wish they traveled. They wish they could play a sport for free. They wish they could do all this stuff, but they don't. And so the kids here in America who keep complaining, that's what was driving me crazy is because just the whole politics and drama and girls on crushes and people bullying me and everything. And it's just like, I need to get out. I was just like, I need a break. <laughs> and so my cousin was going to Nigeria and I went with her. Yeah. And so things like that were, it's just like me seeing that point of view. I wasn't doing a mission trip. Everyone thinks it's a mission trip. I was like, no, I was just getting out. But I asked permission to go to the orphanage. I was like, I want to go see this orphanage and everything. I went. And I, would, I didn't even know there's a high school orphanage. So we went to the high school orphanage and like kids in the street and people in the street were trying to sell me sugar cane, which is really good, plantain. <laughs> and even in Haiti, I got to go to a sugar cane field and pick out sugar cane and just break it and eat it. I was like, are you insane? And so even things like that, where I got to experience that. So when I die, What's going to matter, the drama, social media and all this stuff, or what's going to matter is that I got to do that. I got to experience that myself instead of focusing on who likes me, how many followers I get, who does this, what my fame in the sport, 
No, I saw real high school orphans my own age who were all 16, 17, and I have a photo with all of them. And I got to have own orphan kids say, Auntie Hope, you are welcome. They all called me Auntie Hope. And kids were wanting me to cradle them and babies on their backs. And I have a photo with a group of kids around me with their candy and everything. And so just experiencing that in general is what meant a lot. And knowing that I'm the one who got to see all this. Well, and, and I so, think that goes back to what you said earlier, that you do what you do. And like, I think you're very aware that having experiences truly, truly outweighs all the BS of the world. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and you're, you know, you're like still young. You still have so much, so many experiences ahead of you. And like, I think, I don't doubt that you're going to have, do everything you want to do because again, like you're very focused and, and I just think that you have like, you have a great energy about you and how, how I think you see the world and how I, again, I I go back to inspire. Um, and I think that that's exciting. I, like I, like I said earlier, like I really, I'm excited to see what comes next. Yeah, like even me and my boyfriend, instead of sitting around watching movies and going to parties, we've been doing stuff together. We drove two and a half hours just to go see a waterfall for 45 minutes and going to Radnor Lake. And we're planning on going to go see some Amish people in like in Tennessee. And we went to, um, he lived in Jackson and we got to go to Jackson. I got to meet his family and I got to go see a reunion with all his cousins and we got to take pictures of the signs of Jackson, go to an African store in Jackson. And he got to come to my family's Thanksgiving and got to go hunting with my brothers. They, all the boys, all the boys and my dad got to go hunting and he's been hunting, but not deer hunting. Right. And he got to go experience that. And then I got to do all this other stuff in Jackson with him. Cause we're like, what's the point in sitting around? We got to experience this together. Not right. like, oh, let's go to a party and go get drunk and all that stuff and high when it's like, let's do something we can remember together. And so going our next thing is going to go see some Amish people. It'd be fun. And his even his mother got me a Christmas present. He got me a Christmas present. And that meant a lot. And I said to myself, I was like, I'm 19 and I'm in my first ever relationship when there are girls who are like eight years old who are relying on boys. And I didn't focus on boys. And now look at the things I get to remember. He's never been on an airplane and he wants to go to Texas. And I said, okay, when this Corona is over, let's go to Texas. I have some cousins in Texas. Let's fly on an airplane for the first time and let you go to Texas. And so something like that, where we get to do that together not rely on the media and what other people say and what other people are doing and like be jealous. No, let's go see some Amish people. Like, I want to see that. I see it on TV. I want to see it in person. So let's drive down and go see some Amish people and go into the lake and go into Radnor Lake and going to do some geese and ducks and seeing all that and just remembering different stuff that we got to experience together. And so that's it. We just do stuff together. That's so sit around and watch movies. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm all for the doing stuff part. I drive out west every year at least once and just get in my car and just go everywhere and just drive around 
for two, two to three weeks. Um, and so, so I completely get that. Well, hope like I just thank you. Like this is uh-uh. like really cool. It's it's you know it's really cool to meet you. And like I said, um, I'm just really interested to see you know where things go. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you in the Olympics. And <laughs> um, so you got to keep practicing because now I'm holding you to that. Um, okay. But I'm also just like looking forward to like seeing how your art develops. I think you're like an incredible painter. And I look forward to us doing stuff in the future um, with with the business, you know, because, again, like, you know, we work with with former and retired athletes and and veterans that are also creative. And, you know, again, like I think, I you know, I go back to that, you know, why we work with them is because we we feel like that they can inspire people. And I think you're doing that on your own in such an incredible way. So. Um, I just like, again, just thank you for, for jumping on here and, and, you know, um, we'll reach out to Fran and say thank you again for putting us together because, um, I just, it's, it's just, it's cool to see. And it's, it's really cool to see somebody so motivated, but so level-headed, like, you know, um, not, not just for your age, just in general. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's just, um, and, and so like, I, um, I, like I said, I, I look forward to just staying in touch and, and um yeah and all that stuff so and i hope hope you guys you know like hopefully can get back to a season here soon um yes because i know the like working with athletes here where i where i teach just that was such a you know crushing blow to like not have the season yeah for a while so yeah um, sad well like i said um the one thing i was going to ask you and we're we're done like record or I'm still recording, but I'll, I'll edit it out. If you know any musician friends that want to donate a song to your podcast that I'll use as background music, if not, I'll come up with something. I always rate music and stuff. I can, I have songs that would be cool, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If it's somebody that's a recording artist, we can't use it just because of um, uh, copy, copyright. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, that's, it's no big deal. I'll, I'll come up with something. Um, and like I said, this will probably be out, you know, like late January, early February, something like that. But I'll okay. let, I'll give you an email and let you know. And, and I, I usually take like an image from this and use it for promotional stuff um, just to put on yeah. like social I, media. And so just feel free to. What's your social on. media? Um, the abstract athlete. Okay. And it's just on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So, yeah, I hope I inspire other young people. I think you will hope. Like, that's what I think is like, is, is exciting. Like, it's, I, I think that what you're doing, um, is by itself is inspiring. But I think the fact that you have like a very, you're a very focused voice in how you approach stuff. And, uh, and I think that that, that also like really is truly an inspiring, um, you know, way to go about stuff. So I'm excited. I'm, and I'm excited that you get to go to Scotland hopefully soon. Yeah. And go back to, go back to France. Like, and it's, it's amazing. So, um, okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Do you have anything else? You good? 
otherwise. Um, okay, cool. Well, thank you again. Like I said, I'll, I'll give you a heads up when, when it, um, will come, you know, like a week before it'll come out and stuff. And I'll send you the, uh, the, the promo stuff so you can share it and stuff. Okay. Cool. Thank awesome. you. Have an awesome day and happy new year. Merry happy Christmas year. a little late and we'll catch up. Okay. okay. See ya. Bye. Bye. Just a big thank you to Hope for coming on the podcast today. Really, really love hearing her stories and her energy and and love she has for inspiring so many around her. Again, make sure to follow her on Instagram at diva underscore got underscore no underscore purse. Do not forget to listen to our other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. You can follow us at theabstractdoctors.com and on social media under the Abstract Doctors and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast, which you can follow us on social media under, the, under One Man's Ethos. And you can also follow us at onemansethos.com. You can also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandridge and on Twitter at Tony underscore Mandridge. And you can also check out his incredible photographs at TonyMandridge.com. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information, including daily creative training journals and subscription boxes. See you next time when we talk with artist, activist, author, educator, community organizer, and former New York Jet Cincinnati Bengal and All-American defensive end for Penn State University, Aaron Maven. Thanks as always, and do not forget to exercise the body, and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.